Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, and welcome back to Looking Above. We're in season three. This is episode 24. And this season, we are again just diving into the book of Ephesians. We're in the second half of the first chapter today. We're going to start in verse 15 and finish out chapter one today. And along with that, we said that each week we were going to talk about a spiritual discipline and maybe how we can apply that in our small groups ministry and our life groups, as we call them here at New Life. Excuse me. And so today, and you're going to see why very quickly, we're going to talk about prayer as our spiritual discipline. So welcome back, Brooklyn. Hi. I actually haven't seen you for a couple days. You've been homesick. Yeah, it was not fun. I feel like all discombobulated jumping back in. Yeah, yeah. back to school time is no fun. No. Kids go to school and they may make us sick. Mm -hmm. Bring home everything. (laughs) Goodness, and I've heard so many moms say that recently. All the moms are sick right now. Kids are fine, but all the moms I know. Are sick. Yeah, Quinn was fine. But oh yeah. goodness! <laughs> oh my! Well, you sound healthy again. I'm glad you're glad you're back. Thank so you. Can, I'm happy to be back. Yeah, talk a little bit here about Ephesians chapter 15. Um, what I noticed in here, we'll just say overarching, and then we'll kind of go into it point by point. Was that Paul is praying for his friends, for the believers in Ephesus, and he prays for four primary things, spiritual wisdom, a greater knowledge of God, an understanding of hope, and then an understanding of the greatness of God's power. He's got these four things that he prays for. So let's just kind of start with, in your experience, when people are praying for their friends... Yeah. What are we usually praying for um, in America? In America. <laughs> in what I have seen is usually it's, I mean, prayers for whatever they need right then. So, like, mm. God, please, please help their marriage or let their mom be healthy or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But it's, you know, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. of what needs fixed in that moment. Right, right. So typically our prayers for each other, it's coming out of some crisis we're having at the moment something that's going bad Mm -hmm. um and last week we talked of course about this idea of celebration Mm -hmm. and so this week you and i have been trying to practice this in our friendship and we've been texting each other what what do you have to celebrate and that's a different kind of prayer i would say yeah um are those prayers of just adoring god in his greatness and praising him um, we don't practice that kind of prayer together very often. Maybe sometimes if you've mm-hmm. got a group that meets to pray for things, maybe you are in the habit of 
okay, let's do our prayer requests, but let's also do our praises. What do we have to praise God for? I don't think that's real common, but um, so that is something that we can pray for. But those praises, um, of course, he's kind of gotten them out of the way, but we don't see Paul praying for anything real specific here. No. As far as worldly needs. Yeah. Yeah. He's not saying, hey, can you give them food? Or, you know, he's praying for their spiritual mm-hmm. well-being mm-hmm. instead of their earthly well-being, mm-hmm. which I don't think we do very often Mm-mm. in America, like you said, maybe in other parts of the world. But mm-hmm. here we really like how often does a friend text you and you're like, hey, I'm going to pray for your spiritual well-being. <laughs> Probably not very often. Right. right. Um, and even us practicing the mm-hmm. act of celebration has been really eye-opening for me mm-hmm. and um, encouraging. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. And even when, okay, so when I have some friends that I reach out to when I feel like I need prayer, right? I need that support, that bolster behind me. When I ask for that, even if it's because I feel like I'm under spiritual attack, it's still just kind of a need, right? It's mm-hmm. like, God, come and rescue her at this moment. That's yeah. I'm asking for prayer for. That's the prayers that are going up for me. And those are great, yeah. important prayers. We're not negating any of that. We're not saying don't pray for each other's physical needs. Yeah, no. In the Lord's Prayer, right, he's thanking God for His our daily bread. You know, give us this day our daily bread. He's asking for that. So asking God to take care of someone's physical needs is not wrong. Right. No, we're not saying that at all. But that's not what we see here. And so we just want to look at this prayer as maybe a model or an example of how we could pray. Right. And we talked about, too, how with this model, it kind of changes your prayers when you are troubleshooting or when you are trying mm-hmm. to pray for what needs fixed. It changes your mindset and right. and your friend's mindset. So Right. Right. If these if you've been praying these prayers and if God is answering all of these prayers, you're gonna pray differently in the future. Definitely. Right. X, Y, and Z are gonna feel far less important and overwhelming Um, yeah and overwhelming and i'm i kind of shared this with karen earlier we were discussing briefly we over what we were going to go over today and um i was brought back to a time when my husband and i we had kind of a falling out we had a really rough season Mm -hmm. and i had been praying prior to that for spiritual intimacy with god just that was my main prayer every day i just wanted to feel so close to him and then this falling out happened and i did feel very very close to god and far from my husband and like that wasn't good at all but i think if i hadn't been praying for spiritual intimacy if i hadn't felt so close to god during that Mm. time i would have felt so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and so alone uh uh-huh alone (laughs) and I didn't I felt like it was not fun and I don't (laughs) want to do it again Mm -hmm. but if I had to do that to feel close to God Mm -hmm. um it was okay and and my prayers during that were very different than if Mm -hmm. I hadn't been Mm -hmm. it really wasn't to fix the situation right then or to come and rescue me it was more like just let me know you're with me. Mm. And that was, yeah, very transforming mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. 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 Okay, let's <laughs> let's dig into this passage and kind of go through these specific things that Paul's praying because, like you said, I think 
when these things are our prayers, when we're praying these for each other, it is going to change those situations. What you just shared is a perfect example of all of this put into practice. So the first thing that Paul... I got a tickle today. The first thing that Paul prays for, we're going to look at verse 17. Um, Well, 16, he says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Okay. Love that. First of all, this isn't his request, but that's the first thing he does is to thank God for his friends. Yeah. That's so sweet. It really is. (laughs) I mean, this is a dude. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how many guys, um, sorry guys that are listening, how many guys pray and just thank God for their friends? Or even tell their friends, hey, I thanked God for you today. Right. Or thank (laughs) God for their, you know, the spiritual relationships, these spiritual friendships that they have. So cool. So if you're a guy that does that, you're so cool. Um, We we like you. Yeah. we (laughs) We should all do that. I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. So there's also the example in this. Our prayers for our friends need to be continual over and over and all the time. But he says, asking God, the glorious father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. So that's the first thing here. The spiritual wisdom, which is the Greek word Sophia. But it's talking about this wisdom of spiritual truth and the deep things of God. This is what he's praying for them, that they would have an understanding of spiritual truth and understand these deep things of God. That is a very interesting place to start when we're praying for our friends as the foundation or as the start of our prayers. Um, And right now we are in a teaching series on Sunday mornings going through the book of Acts and this last week. In the book of Acts, we were talking kind of about the power and the purpose of the church and all of this. And we looked at the start of the church, the Acts 2 church, as they call it. And Acts 2.42 says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And I'm just going to stop right there. There's more to that. But all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So... First of all, that uh, word devoted, the Greek word, and I guarantee you I just trash the pronunciation (laughs) of everything Greek I've ever studied, but I love it so much. This is where I geek out on scripture. I love looking at the original words. Proskartereo um, is is the word there, which doesn't really matter to you because you don't know Greek probably. If you do, you can just laugh at me. Um, But it means to continue to do something with intense effort with the possible implication of despite difficulty. So even if it's hard to continue to do something with intense effort. So all of the believers devoted themselves. They continued to do this with intense effort. What did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So they focused, they studied, they listened, they discussed, they were doing things that would lead to spiritual insight and wisdom, which is what Paul was praying for for these. Even when it was hard, that's what it says. (laughs) Even when it was hard. So my question for all of us is, what do we do with what we hear on a Sunday morning? First of all, devoted themselves. That means they showed up. Whenever the apostles were teaching, they were there. How many of us can say, I show up every time, you know, every time my pastor is preaching, I'm there. I'm taking it in. I devoted myself to this. Not a lot of us, based on 
And you're just taking over attendance here yeah, at the I, church. I've been doing attendance. On, so. <laughs> so you now know. But we have seen in church attendance, this is just a trend, most people come one out of three Sundays. I did at, not know that. At any given church. Goodness. Yeah. Now, are there people that are there every week? Yes. But most people right. go to church about one out of every three weeks. So that means that when I would assume mm-hmm. that when something comes up or you're too busy or whatever it is in that person's mm-hmm. schedule, church is probably the first thing that falls right. off right? to right. make time for the other things. Yeah. 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 So so that's the, the first piece, I think, of devoting ourselves is that we've got to get there. And I'm not saying this to shame anybody. Right. I'm not saying this out of judgment. I'm saying it because Paul is praying for this first and foremost is to have this spiritual insight and wisdom. We won't have it if we're not engaging in the teaching, if we're not hearing the words. Can we study scripture on our own? Yes, we can. But is there a scriptural basis for coming together and devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching? Here it is right here. Right. Yeah. Here it is right here. So what do you do with what you hear on a Sunday morning? Because that's the next step is we can come and what we listen to can just completely fall on deaf ears. Or it can be like, oh, yeah, that's super challenging. Ooh, Pastor Mike said something really interesting, (laughs) right? We could write it down. We might even tweet it or post it on Facebook or whatever. But then what do we do with it? Right. Does it go any further? Are you praying about it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you putting this into action? And I think this is where life groups or even just a really good friend can come into play. I did just hear about a couple and actually because of his work schedule, he doesn't get to come to worship real often. Um, She has some high needs kids and so doesn't always make it on her own either but they each watch it they each watch sunday's message and then they sit and talk about it every week together and i know you and your husband often talk about um the teaching as well that's a great step i think that's a great first step to devoting ourselves to this is that after we show up we talk about it with somebody and just process okay what did i just hear what did i just learn Right. Yeah. I think that is awesome. I also journal it, too. Mm. Like, so if you're an external processor, I usually journal Mm -hmm. and then I will talk with Steven or you or whoever. Yeah. Um, Just to talk about that. mm -hmm. Um, I know as I I write the life group questions for the life groups that are studying each week's sermon, and I always try to take them to the place where our last question is always, how am I going to put this into practice? So then that's the other piece of devoting ourselves is that. We don't just listen. We don't just absorb knowledge, but we do something with that knowledge, Mm -hmm. right? The whole idea um, from the book of James that faith without works is dead. We have to live it out. Our faith, our knowledge, this spiritual insight and wisdom, all it is is head knowledge. Right. Right. If we don't live it out. But the more that we put it into practice, the more we're really going to understand it. Yeah. So um, I think maybe this is where we start praying for our friends, like he did here. For wisdom. We start praying that they will just understand the things of God. Scripture says that if we ask for wisdom, 
We will get it. We will get it. That's like, that's one of those givens. That's one of those promises in scripture. Doesn't say that about a lot of things. It doesn't say if you pray for a million bucks, you're going to get it. (laughs) You know, it doesn't say a lot of things that if you pray for it, you're going to get it. But this is one of those things. Wisdom is something that if we ask for it, we will get it. And so why would we not pray for this for our friends? God, bless her, bless him give them a deeper understanding of the things of God. Help them when they open up the word to understand what they're reading, to not look at it and be like, I just don't get this. When they come on a Sunday morning and they hear the word being proclaimed, help them to just understand it to the point where it changes them. Yeah. That is such a powerful, powerful prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of us, lack spiritual wisdom because we're not asking for it right right yeah and so this is just a really good place a good foundational place to start and if we have a lack of spiritual wisdom i think this leads us straight into the second thing that he prays for which is a knowledge of god if we lack spiritual wisdom most often i think people have a wrong understanding of god right which then affects everything. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, <clears throat> sorry, that smoke is getting is to smoke. me. <laughs> um, but like you said earlier, that your knowledge of God affects everything, every mm-hmm. day that you live, everything mm-hmm. that you think about yourself, everything mm-hmm. you think about other people, mm-hmm. um, what you know about God to be true mm-hmm. is going to shape all of that. Right. And it's going to shape um, shape how we live. So he's praying for a true, accurate, and thorough understanding of God. And why would he pray this? Because it affects everything. You were uh, mentioning earlier a quote that you read uh, from Jenny Allen in, what's the book? Um, get Out of Your Head. Get Out of Your Head. <laughs> yeah. So you were mentioning this, and I think it applies here because... Um, because our knowledge of God affects everything. If we have a small understanding of God, we aren't going to make that pursuit of him very important in our lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Read that quote. Okay. I will. Okay. So Jenny Allen says, people do not drift toward holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift toward compromise and call it tolerance. We drift toward disobedience and call it freedom. We drift toward superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide we slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. So I what I liked was we do not drift towards holiness. And mm-hmm. that comes from, like you said, a greater knowledge of God. If you mm-hmm. knew how great God is and what mm-hmm. and his power and who he is. Who he is and his love and his goodness, you would not drift away from that. You right. would be intentional and run towards right. him. Right. Yep. And so I think that's exactly it. So many of us have a faulty understanding of God. We put God in a box. We limit who he is. We have that propensity to create God in our own image rather than 
remembering that we're created in his image. Like we're a small reflection of him, but we make him a small reflection of us right, yeah. in our minds. And, um, and because of that, because we don't have a true, accurate, and thorough understanding of God, it's very easy for us to drift, like Jenny was saying. It's very easy for us to feel like this isn't that important when it should be what's most important. Right. And so that's why, again, I think we just go back to this. Paul is praying for to start with this spiritual insight, for the spiritual wisdom, for us just to understand the things of God. But the second thing here that's so foundational is to have an accurate understanding and accurate knowledge of God. That is a huge prayer to pray for our friends and could be life transforming. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, and even when I talk about it, I, I do it. I mm-hmm. will make God smaller than he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to have friends like you or, you know, my husband pray, like, just let her see who you are. Let her know mm-hmm. that you aren't judging her on how mm-hmm. her bad. I mean, mm-hmm. or like, yeah. <laughs> let yeah. her know your grace. Let her know your goodness. Let her know your love. Let her know you um, for when I do have those small images of God that are in my my image, right. like you said. Right. Yeah. And then this leads, I believe, to the third thing that he's praying. We've now moved into verse 18. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. And so hope is the third thing that he's talking about without or just keep moving backwards, but without an accurate knowledge of God. We are so prone to live hopeless lives, yeah. even as Christians, mm-hmm. even as Christians. So often, I can't tell you the number of times as a pastor, I see people just falling apart or falling from faith when life gets hard. And 100% of the time, it's because they don't did not start with that foundational, accurate understanding of who God is. If we know who God is, we cling to him when life gets hard and we have hope when life gets hard that even though life is hard even though this situation that we're in right now doesn't make any human sense whatsoever even though it is tragic even though it is terrible even though it's just overwhelming um the people who walk away from god in those moments didn't have an accurate understanding of who he was before those moments came right And so that praying for that knowledge of God is so important for our friends because we want them to understand who he is so that when we get to these places where the world is hard, we're going to trust his character and therefore we're going to have hope. Right. Yeah. Like you said, it all kind of like (laughs) waterfalls into each other. Right. Right. And hope is so important. Yeah. (laughs) Without without hope, we turn to despair. Right. And that's when we retreat and we just, the world overwhelms us. I remember listening to a pod, or not a podcast, it was a sermon on a Sunday that Mike had preached. Mm -hmm. um, And it was about hope and just Mm -hmm. writing down, I hope in. Mm -hmm. And just seeing if you accurately or actually hoped and believed Mm -hmm. that God was good, basically, I think was the whole point of the sermon. And it really was convicting Mm -hmm. because I realized my hopes lied in things that weren't God, Mm -hmm. which were faulty, which would Mm -hmm. fail me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So hope is really important because when those things fail you, then where do you turn? Mm -hmm. So uh, a couple years ago, we did a women's retreat here at the church called Hopeful. And um, when I was studying for that, I found that the Greek word that the the writers of the New Testament were using for hope, the definition of that word is so far different than how we in our modern day vernacular use the word hope. So we use hope kind of as like, oh, I wish for this, or that's the best case scenario that I can come up with in my head, or um, it's, it's kind of more of a wishing thing, right? Our hope is... It's elusive. It's not yeah. always going to happen, but that's not the scriptural meaning of hope. The scriptural meaning of hope is more of like an assuring, an assurity. I don't, that's not a word. I'm making words up. It's okay. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> belief that this is going to yeah. happen. It is like a absolute. Like mm-hmm. when I put my hope in something, I am putting my full confidence, my full trust, because I know it will happen. So hope isn't like a wishful thinking. It's a knowledge. So when he says here, um, I hope that their or I pray that their hearts will be flooded with light so they can understand the confident hope. He's really saying the confident assurance, like the confident knowledge, like this is an absolute this is what he's called, and it's, of course, to this rich and glorious inheritance. So he's praying that they will completely grasp the fact, this hope, that we have a future. Yeah. This world is not the end. We have a future, this glorious inheritance, that, which is Jesus and living with Jesus forever, that they would grasp that and know that. And again, as we're just building here, like having an accurate knowledge of God changes the way that we live in this world. Having that hope, having that knowledge, that assurance changes the way we live in this world. Right. Mm. And then Mm -mm -mm. lastly, Mm -hmm. we go, he prays for the understanding of God's power. Mm -hmm. You have it right in front of you. What does he say? Exactly. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness, incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. And then he goes on to say, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor. And I love that. And I know there's a lot of modern worship songs that kind of talk about that too, our living hope. And these other, I know Elevation has a couple that talk about that and what God has done. Uh, Same God. Love that song, Same God by Elevation. But it talks about this, like we can read the Bible and we see all of these crazy miracles that happened. And then we have this half-hearted belief in God moving in our lives. Right. Yeah. We just live so shallow. We live so powerless because we don't believe in the power, because we don't believe that the same God who raised Jesus from the dead can literally resurrect my marriage, can literally change the way that I engage with my coworkers, can literally change whatever situation you're facing right now. That same exact power is available to us. And he's praying this for them, that they would understand that, that they would know so they don't live these weak, powerless lives. Right. He wants them to have an expectancy. Which you (laughs) brought into my life. Mm -hmm. Um, When did we went to If Gathering Mm -hmm. in? Mm-hmm. February? March? March? I don't know. Sometime <laughs> this year. Um, it's been a whirlwind. But we went to IF Gathering, and after the first night, Karen just, she just 
left. <laughs> she grabbed us and she said, um, God, God wants us to pray expectantly. We're not praying expectantly. So mm-hmm. we're going to. Like, we're not leaving until we do. <laughs> and I grabbed you, another girl that was with us, and this total stranger yeah. who just happened to sit with us. And I'm like, you don't have to stay if you don't want to, but we're not leaving here till we pray tonight. Do you want to stay? That's what I wanted to bring up. It was not people that I, I knew totally because there was a stranger that we had just met. <laughs> But she stayed. She stayed and she prayed with us mm-hmm. and she sat with us the whole the whole time. So but. the whole place is empty after it's full. Mm-hmm. And we are in a circle in the, I don't know, auditorium. Giant auditorium. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. very empty. And we're just praying expectantly and crying for each other and mm-hmm. praying with each other. And um, it was really transformative. It actually kind of transformed our whole weekend and everything mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. took back with us. Yeah, we were there. I think we came home on Monday morning. Sunday night, we went to a worship, ser- a prayer service, actually, yeah. at an at a church down there. And um, they just kind of, I think there was some music and some verses and some sharing of what God had been doing in people's lives. And then it was just a time for prayer. And the three of us sat on the floor in the back of that auditorium. And I mean, when I say we were ugly crying, I think I just had snot dripping out of my nose and all over the carpet and we didn't even care. No. We were just literally going to battle for each other and praying over situations in each other's families and lives and um, hearts. And it when you have that understanding of God's power, then you pray expectantly, expecting him to show up and move. And I just keep thinking, like, how often do we treat God like he's our backup plan? When things happen in this life, we try to deal with it on our own, right? First, it's like, I will be self-sufficient. I will figure this out. And we try and deal with it on our own. Or we try and come up with a solution by worldly means, right? Like, maybe we ask a friend to help us out or... I maybe don't know. We, maybe we numb it out. Maybe right. we just stop paying right. attention right. to it. Or we Google a solution. <laughs> I don't know. But we try and figure this out by worldly means. And I think this whole sequence of this prayer takes us back to God should be our first our first avenue. He should be our the where we run every time. I mean, that's just so scriptural. And if you read the Psalms, you see that's how David just dealt with everything, right? Like, you're my rock, you're my refuge, you're my hiding place. Like, that's where he ran in everything. But it's also that just that expectancy of praying, believing that God's going to work. And I think that believers in other parts of the world, especially third world countries, this is how they pray. God is their only hope. He's their only chance. He's the only thing that can deliver them from whatever. And they pray, believing that he's going to work and move because they have this knowledge on his of his power and what happens. Right. He works. He moves. Miracles happen. Like, literally, people are raised from the dead in Africa. It happens. People are healed of crazy diseases. And we don't have that same faith because maybe we're not praying these prayers. And America is so... I love America. I just mm-hmm. want to preface with that. But we so often try to find an mm-hmm. explanation mm-hmm. for everything. We're self-reliant. Yeah. So badly. And I and I'm I am um what's that word? Oh my gosh. Guilty of this yourself. I thank you. So yeah, I. I do it. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the times when I 
and have nothing left except for mm. to lean on God, which he, like you said, should be the first avenue. But the times that I've gone through myself and through all my other avenues, and lastly, mm-hmm. I end up <laughs> with God, are the times that I cherish because I see him work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and, and imagine if we went to him first, first. And, and just let him work and yeah. didn't wear mm-hmm. ourselves out with all the striving. Exactly. So, oh man, we could, that could be a whole other podcast, but right. let's just wrap up a little bit talking a little bit about prayer because we'd love for you to do this now with your life groups is pray these prayers for each other. Yeah. Now I have heard, I mean, I could be misinformed, but I have heard that many people don't like praying out loud. I used to hate it. I don't anymore. I don't mind it at all. One day I just got brave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what holds a lot of people back. Um, there's this fear, right? Oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Or what if I do? What if I bobble my words? What if I don't know what to say? Or I say, um, a lot or whatever. And there's just this great fear. It kind of goes hand in hand with public speaking, right? People feel like public prayer is just this overwhelming thing. So last week, Pastor Mike was preaching and he talked about golf, right? And how people are afraid to start golf because you're gonna look like a fool the first few times you golf. And he said, how do you get over that? You just go golf, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just do it. And it's the exact same thing with praying in public. You just have to start. Like it's you're never going to get to a place where you're like, okay, now I'm ready to pray in public. Yeah, no, you have to practice. And <laughs> you the just other have to thing do is, it. is, if you do it, you might give, you might, you know, show bravery to somebody else right. because I promise you're not the only one in the room mm-hmm. that is scared of messing up a prayer. Mm-hmm. And my life group that I used to lead would can attest that once I just started praying, I messed up all the time, <laughs> and I would yeah. go back and yeah. and forget prayer requests. So I'd go back and add them, and I would just talk to God. Mm -hmm. But like we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, um, the Bible says the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. Yes. Yes. Um, So he's making all the words that you're stumbling over and maybe not saying right, right to God. Right. Right. There's nothing to be scared of. Right. It's literally just talking to a friend in the presence of other friends. And whatever it is that makes that easier for you, if closing your eyes makes that easier, if opening your eyes makes that easier, if, you know, whatever... Um, you just got to do it. You just got to try it. And so I'm going to encourage you this week, like just start praying together in your life group and everybody pray, even if it's one sentence, even if it's literally just pray this first prayer, you know, like I pray asking that God would give you spiritual wisdom and insight. So you might grow in the knowledge of God. Say that out loud. Pray, just pray that scripture over someone else in your group. But you got to start there. Um, We need to be praying for each other. So get incorporate this into your groups. Don't worry about the right way to do it. Um, Did you know, I'm pretty sure it's Korea that they have prayer gatherings and everyone in the room prays at the same time, all out loud. Um, I've actually (laughs) tried it before, like at a huge, uh, a huge event. And it was like, you know, hundreds of people in this room and they're like, okay, we're just all going to pray right now out loud. And yeah. everybody prayed. Maybe you do that. And everybody just prays at the same time. And then nobody can really hear or judge what yeah. anyone else is saying. Maybe your group needs to all just say to each other, this is a place of grace. We're all growing together. And you know what? It's okay. If we flub our words and we just all giggle and then we move on. Yeah. Um, there was a life group last semester that they were wrapping up their time together and they meet in a public place and there was music playing in the background. And literally no sooner did they start praying than that um, Ring of Fire song came out. <laughs> 
one. And somebody in the group just started giggling and they just lost it and was like, how do we even recover from this? Like burning ring of fire in the middle of our prayer. And so it's okay. Like, just be a place of grace, laugh together if we mess it up, encourage each other, whatever, but just start doing it and maybe use this as a as a place or as a basis. Another thing I know is a lot of groups will exchange names in some way and pray for each other. A group that I lead, we each, um, we just assigned, and it was kind of weird, but we did it so that on every day of the week, someone is praying for you. So like I might pray for Brooklyn on Mondays and somebody else prays for her on Tuesdays and somebody else. And so like we each just wrote it down kind of in our planner. I pray for a different person each day of the week, but somebody is praying for everybody every day of the week is the way that that works out. Figure it out, but pray for each other. This is really, really powerful stuff. It is, and it's so important. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we need to wrap it up and let you have some time with your groups, time to discuss this and talk about prayer. You can maybe talk about prayer experiences you've had, answers to prayer that you've seen. Sometimes that grows our desire to pray when we can talk about how we've seen God work in and through prayer in the past. So enjoy your time with each other. Enjoy um, thinking about this and talking about this more. I think we should just wrap up by praying. I was feeling that. I All was right. going to say that. All right. You want to do it? You want to wrap oh, us man. up? Okay, I guess. <laughs> Practice what you preach. <laughs> uh, Heavenly Father. First of all, I just want to say that I'm thankful for Karen and this podcast and all the life groups and the women meeting together and just growing together towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pray the scripture. I just Mm -hmm. pray for wisdom for all of these women. I pray that they would get to know who you are, Mm -hmm. an accurate, Mm -hmm. really great understanding of who you are, God. Mm -hmm. Um, I just pray that their hearts are filled with hope and not the wishful thinking kind of hope, but the confidence in you and who you say we are and who and the inheritance that you have for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Lord, I just pray that we all have an incredible understanding of Mm -hmm. your greatness and your power um even though it is it's just we can't fully wrap our heads around it but god we pray that we just have a an understanding that only Mm -hmm. you can give us of your power and what that can do in our lives i pray these women have confidence Mm -hmm. and bravery as they pray together (laughs) and that um that they all have grace for each other and maybe laugh a little. (laughs) We love you, Lord. Um, In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Until next time, keep (laughs) looking above.